Are you excited about partnering with the Lord in what he is doing in the world today? And in our culture right here in, in Elkhart, this is a very, th- this is a wonderful thing to be part of. Um, and I'm glad that you are excited and you've been jumping in. I want to talk a little bit about the why. So I'm just going to settle in here a little bit and talk to you about what is it that we're doing? What is this thing called season of generosity? It used to be called, for, for, we've been doing this for years at First Baptist Church, it used to be called Christmas Gifts to Christ. How many of you are old enough and been with us long enough to remember those days, okay? It was Christmas Gifts to Christ, and we just kind of rounded up our presents to give to Jesus on his birthday and that kind of thing. And we were able, we have been able, you guys, to partner with global partnerships to the advancement of the kingdom through the gospel for years and years and years, and we've been able to see God do amazing things through our generosity during this time. We made a shift a few years back um, to include local ministries and to include opportunities for us to not just give of our money, but to give of our lives and to share um, our physical talents that we can help and volunteer in different ministries, and you've seen different aspects of that. But I just want you to know that as, as your teaching pastor... Um, I have to speak this stuff to you. In fact, for me to neglect talking to you about generosity and giving to the Lord would actually be derelict in my duty. I would not be obedient to the Lord and what I'm supposed to be doing. And in the process of that, if I were to shy away from that, and you were like, why would you ever shy away from that? Because people sometimes have an issue with you talking about giving money in church. Is that a surprise to you? It, it shouldn't be, but some people think that. Some people think that all, pe- all churches are about, all the pastors are about is just getting money, getting my money, getting my money, getting more money. Could, I wanna, I wanna if, if, if you've ever thought that, I wanna put that to bed in your mind and in your heart right now. I am not up here, we are not up here driving the last three months since October we launched this thing because we're money hungry or because we're in deep need of money. What we're trying to do is give you an opportunity to jump in with God and partner with the Lord and be generous to his work so that you get to be part in the treasure. You get to be part in the reward of what God is doing as we partner with him around the world, literally around the world. It's a privilege, you guys. And I, So if I were to neglect speaking of this because maybe I'm a little afraid to or I don't want to offend somebody about talking about money, which is just weird to me. But if, if, if that were the case and I, were to, and I were to succumb to that, then I would be ripping you off of a blessing. I'd be not telling you how you can enter into a partnership with the Lord and receive his blessing in the midst of your giving. Let me tell you what I mean by that. So like giving in the Old Testament, let's go there for a second, okay? Giving in the Old Testament was like a corporate matter. It was what they did and God uh, this was under the law, and they were required to give what was called a tithe. They were, t- they were required to give a tenth of the first fruits of everything they had, and they had to bring it in. And it was kind of an obligation that they had to do. In fact, it was something that they had to do in order to gain favor with the Lord. Well, giving in the New Testament is completely different from that. In fact, you know how Jesus came and he said, you've heard it say this about the law. Well, I say this is a different kind of thing that we're doing right now because when Jesus came, he entered us into a whole new system of generosity. And so our giving has become a generosity matter and which becomes a very deeply personal matter for each, each of you. And we do it because not because we are obligated to, but because we want to. 
This is the difference between the Old Testament system and the New Testament system. It was called tithing. You could have said it was called paying in the Old Testament. It was called giving in the New Testament. And the emphasis is on generosity that comes from a heart of gratitude for what the Lord has done. (laughs) We don't charge people to come to church. We don't like have people standing back there and say, oh, you have an offering you want to bring, a sacrifice to the Lord? Okay, well, you have to pay this much and then you can come in. We don't do that. We don't teach because the Bible doesn't teach that somehow you can earn God's favor or you can find salvation and entrance into heaven if you're faithful in your giving because that's not what the Bible teaches because giving isn't part of your salvation. It's actually giving and generosity in our giving is actually an indicator of your sanctification, which is your growth in Christ. Giving is a deeply personal matter. I want you to look at the screen. I've got a, a, memory, a memory verse. I got a verse up here, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, where Paul says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. This is what we've been talking to you about all along the way with this season of generosity. Part of the season of generosity is we're giving over and above. We're giving over and above our normal. You, you have been so faithful this year in giving your normal tithes and offerings to the Lord to support the ministry, and you've been faithful in that, and we are above. We're gonna talk about some of that tonight if you come back tonight and you'll hear about all of that. But we've been saying to you all along, each of you ought to Spend some time in prayer and ask the Lord, how, what part does he want you to play, you and your family to play in this season of generosity, both in volunteering of our time and giving of our gifts? What is it? And what has God laid on your heart to give? This is what Paul says. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, At all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Can I just, can you indulge me? Can I just read that one more time? Because that just kind of rolls off your tongue. And look at the absolutes that God is speaking of. Whenever he talks about his people being cheerful givers, he says, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. Now he who supplies seed to the sower, this is verse 10, and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness and you will be enriched in every way, don't miss this now, so that you can be generous on every occasion. Here's the whole deal. This is the whole thing of New Testament giving is that God says that I will take care of you, I will bless you if you will come and you will generously give and you will give out of, a, out of a cheerful heart. I will bless you abundantly so that in all things, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work and I'm going to increase everything that you have so that you can give away more. Now, Jesus says, give and it will be given to you. Don't misinterpret what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you should approach giving to say, if I give and I give a lot, then I'll get a lot and I'll get a lot for myself. If you come to the table with that in mind, that's selfish, and if you come to the table of giving with that every week, you kind of forfeit on the promise. 
Because the giving underneath us, the rule of God, the, not the rule of God, let me, let me back that out, okay? Giving underneath the New Testament standard of Jesus in his new kingdom is that you give generously so that you can give generously. And God says that if you will do it and you'll come cheerfully and you'll give and you'll be generous in your giving, I will continue to bless you and I will continue to pour it out and I'll give you more so that you can give away more. Because at the heart of Jesus in everything is giving of yourself to meet the needs of those around you. So that when I get, listen, when I get busy in my giving and I'm doing it with the right heart attitude, I enter into a personal involvement with God like no other way. I put myself in the stream of his blessing. I put myself in the stream of his provision and I become useful to him as he accomplishes his will and his purposes on earth. Acts 20, 35, Paul says this of Jesus. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Can I say that again? It is more blessed to give than to receive. And if you will give, it will be given to you. This is what's on the heart of Jesus when it comes to his people giving to his work. Look at Luke 6, 38. Give and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Do you believe that? This is the truth of the scriptures. This is what God does whenever his people are happy about giving and happy about being generous to his work and partnering with him. It's a very personal matter, this thing of giving, with the emphasis on generosity driven by gratitude. This is what we're doing. We're partnering with the Lord. The process and the way this all happened is that we sent out memos to all of our local ministry partners and all of our global partnerships through our missionaries and different agencies, and we said, what can we do? How can we help you? How can we come alongside of you in order to equip you to do the work that God is doing in Chile, in Africa, in Italy, in Elkhart County and everything, every, every partnership that we have, how can we partner with you? And the people gave their, they came in with their requests and we basically this year, we took the requests and we put them all together and said, let's just see what the Lord wants from us. And the number came out to $276,500. And I swallowed hard. <laughs> and I said, okay, this is gonna be a number we have not brought to everybody. And guys, we gotta remember that this is like, we're asking them to give over and above. We're asking them to give um, at Christmas time. That's a lot of cash. Anybody else think that's a lot of cash? That's a lot of cash to me, okay? But this is what the Lord put before us, and so we brought it before you. And we asked, do you want to be part of this? And you've been excited all the way along. And hundreds of you have served 
and have been a blessing to our local ministries. And we're gonna continue that. I can't wait. I, I hope I get to go to Chile and be part of building their building and, and putting the roof on their building. It'll be such a fa- fantastic thing to do. Um, but that nut we have to crack, that $276,000, that was a big deal to me. And you know you have a broken pastor. Lead, you, know, you know that, right? Say yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> I know you don't want to be rude, but that's the truth. And I actually was going, Lord, what am I going to say if we don't make it? How are we going to, what are we going to do on this? We haven't not made it yet. I mean, we, we keep, the Lord just keeps laying it on your heart and you just keep giving to the Lord and we, we tend to be like right there, you know, and we just, and so um, I've been smacked down on my lack of faith. I just put it that way. And it's not a lack of faith in you. It's just, it's what it is. We're going to give right now. I'm going to release you to give. And I think most of you have already said, well, I've already given. Because you know where we stand right now? Do you want to know where we stand right now this morning before we even take an offering? You do? Yes, yes. I've told them I'm not supposed to tell you. Oh. I'm like, don't tell them. Just go ahead and give, take the offering. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, <laughs> It was Matt who told me that. Matt said, don't tell him. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking, Matt. I'm just joking. You guys, right now, praise the Lord. Right now, we're sitting at $248,700. My word. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm so moved by that. And when you put all that together with this that we're talking about, then we've got a boatload of blessing coming our way because you have been generous to the Lord and you have been faithful to the Lord. And so I don't know, maybe everyone's already given because that's a huge number, Um, but I haven't. I I was saving mine for this morning, so I'm going to give mine. And as we go into this next set of songs, um, it's a time to release you to give if you haven't given yet. But I just want you to know that the way that this is going to work this morning is that um, if you have it, because some of you will, will give your, your regular tithes and offerings, you'll, you'll give those today also. But if that's, that needs to be designated, so if you're online and you're giving online, um, you can designate that to the general fund with your regular offering. And then you can um, also click on Season of Generosity. If you have your regular offering that you want to give physically, if you have it in your offering envelope, then it'll go to the general fund. Otherwise, everything else that's coming in today is going towards our ministry partnerships around the world um, to help with this goal that we have and beyond, if it goes beyond. And um, if you have a physical offering, as we sing, the ushers, there'll be an usher down kind of midway in all the aisles and out in the back. You can just kind of get your way over to an usher and hand it to them. And then they're going to take it out. They're going to count everything up. And at the end of the service, um, I'll be able to tell you where we are at the end of this service. And then we just won't tell the second service what it is and just let them. No, I'm just kidding. But um, let's go to the Lord before we give our gifts to him. Lord, I just... I'm kind of blubbering along here this morning because I'm so overwhelmed by this number that we have here before us and so grateful for your generosity uh, to us and that your people are being generous in their giving to you. 
very humbling to think about um, the fact that we get to partner with you in this way. So here on this Celebration Sunday, we celebrate all that is you um, and the fact that we get to be used by you to advance your kingdom around the world through the gospel and our gospel partners, our ministry partners. So bless us, Lord, and bless this offering that we give to you. We give it hearts of gratitude. I'm so excited to be part of what you're all part of. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you give. As you give, let's just sing together. Praise the Father. Praise the Son. Praise the
celebrate this morning, celebrating what God has done, celebrating what he's doing, and now we're going to celebrate through baptisms. We hear stories of how he's changing hearts and lives. And I'm joined here by Brian. You. Everybody say hi to Brian. Hey. Hey. All right. Why don't you share with everybody today how you came to know Jesus? Well, um, growing up, you know, I knew God and stuff, and well, it was until about high school, I Started hanging out with the bad people. Started hanging with the bad people and wrong crowds. And then, um, well, my wife she had cancer, and I, and she came here to FPC in 2021. And I seen how powerful it was to help her get through what she was going through. So I was like, you know, I want, I want to feel that. I want to feel what it is to have God back in my life. So last year, I, I started coming back with her and. It helped tremendously. Then I had Sean. He helped uh, save me. And with just the, the power of God and Christ, it, it changed me to be a better husband, better father, and it just, it really showed me, you know, what how powerful church is here at FBC. So and I'm glad to be a part of it. And why do you want to get baptized today? I want to show everybody out there that, you know, 
doesn't matter how hard life gets. If you come to know God, he's going to show you the light and he's going to show you the way. And I just want to show everybody, you know what? If I can do it, going through the stuff I went through growing up, anybody can do it. So, yes, sir. Brian, because of your profession of faith, it's my privilege and honor to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried in the lightness of his death. Raised to walk in newness of life. Angelica. Angelica, why don't you share how you came to know Jesus? So before I was saved, I only knew how to survive. I was pursuing popularity in school and following the wrong people into doing substances such as alcohol and going to parties. Doing this at the time made me feel like I belonged in the world since I came from a horrible past with my troubled father. He's no longer in my life now. I thought this was life was about and what I had to do to fit in and be happy. Following that, I gained a heart problem known as ventricular tachycardia, and I've had it for a couple years now. My pastor at college asked me to read a verse one day to illuminate the campus to reflect on how we shine a light through the world through God. I did it because I thought it was a nice thing, and coincidentally, my friend Kelsey invited me to go to a Bible study with her that night, and I was afraid. I was afraid I was going to be shunned because I didn't know anything about the gospel, and only besides the fact that Jesus uh, came to this, into the world and died for us on the cross. The night I felt a sense of relief at Bible study. I never connected so well with people I barely knew with similar experiences to mine and how blessed we are. That same night, I downloaded the Bible app and I read chapters of the Bible and it gave me a sense of peace and I felt like this was a sign. That night, I felt him by my side, comforting all the pain I had gone through over the years by reading just his verses. And that night, I prayed. Now that I have been giving my life to the Lord, I know that life is just not about survival, but it is about pursuing him and bringing him glory, shining his light through me and spreading his word through me. He knows I can be the best person I can be, and he shows me that I can influence others in the world to be the best versions of themselves and just be them. I am blessed to be here today because of him. Why do you want to get baptized today? Um, not only that I felt him by my side, but it's just like I'm here today. I am survived because of him. And I just felt like everything as a whole in my life has showed me that it's a sign to follow God in his path. Well, Angelica, because of your profession of faith, it's my privilege and honor to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried in the lightness of his death, Raised to walk in the of life. Yep, I would have busted it. I would have been the one, too. <laughs> This is Andy, joined by her mom, Bobby. Hello, I'm Andy. I'm really, I never really grew up in a home where we went to church every Sunday or really had Lord and our Savior in our hearts. There was a time back in 2019, 2017, 2019 where my family decided to try out church. 
to kind of see where it would take us. Once COVID really hit, my family had to take a huge break from church. As other people may know, COVID hit really hard and difficult. When I started eighth grade, I started to experiment with things that no eighth graders should be doing. I got to a point where our only way to fit into school was to get along with people to really live their lifestyle. I stopped caring about what I did. I kept going for about a year. When I started high school, my mom really noticed a big change in me. I was lying more, I was cussing, I was doing things that she never raised me to be. I never remember having a talk with my mom about how my grandfather was there when I was baptized at only a few months old. I saw the hurt in my eyes where she was trying to figure out where she went wrong and what did she struggle with her own life. I decided I would go to church to see how it would, how it would even affect me or if it could even understand me. The first service I went to at First Baptist was on November 11, no, April 11, 2021. On, the, on this day, Pastor Phil was talking about hope, the confident expectation of better days ahead. In this service, something told me, yes, I had sinned, and yes, I would messed up. But no matter where we are, hope is always with us. We will never understand how. It was always in that moment where I recognized that, yes, I've done wrong, but I probably called out to Father himself to give me help and forgiveness. I can confidently say that if I didn't come to service on 4-11-21 and my mom had never looked at me the way she did, I would probably be locked or even dead. I have, I'm here today to give my faith and to make Jesus my forever Savior. And why do you want to get baptized today? Um, I'm just, I was struggling a lot, and honestly, I didn't think that I would even be here today. So I'm ready to just give my entire heart and my entire life to him. Oh. Annie, it's my privilege, uh, because of your profession of faith, to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of his death, raised to walk in newness of life.
Praise the Lord. Isn't he just so good? Go ahead and have a seat. And just um, Let's just stay right in this moment right here that we have as we just give him all of our praise. And he's worthy of our praise. 
He's worthy of our sacrifices. He's worthy of our gifts. But you guys, it goes way beyond that. I'm so overwhelmed today as we have been, I get to come in and rehearsal every morning on Sunday morning and go through everything that we're going to do. And there was such a powerful move that happened during rehearsal today. Um, As we celebrate all that God has done, listen to these testimonies of salvation, how God meets us where we're at. God comes to us. That all by itself is an amazing thing that I can't get over because we're lost. We're, we're on a, a path that the Bible says leads to destruction and death and, and judgment from God. And we're on that path before we come to Christ. And you can't get off of it on your own. You, you, can't, you can't figure out salvation. You can't gin up salvation. You can't gin up righteousness. The powerful thing about the gospel is that the Lord comes to us. The Holy Spirit comes to us and finds us on that road and then whispers the truth into our hearts and into our ears and wakes us up to where we are. And all of a sudden, do you remember that day? I just love rehearsing this. I love hearing these stories when they came to this point where I need Jesus. I'm lost. And we're inspired by the Holy Spirit to and humbled by the Holy Spirit to repent of our sins and to receive the gift of salvation. How grateful are we? How awesome is it to be part of all of this and all of our praise and all of our lives? It goes so far beyond giving, you guys. Um, we, get to, we get to give our very lives, the Bible says, as, as living sacrifices before the Lord. What a privilege to serve him. We talked earlier about Jesus' perspective on giving. Can I talk to you now just a little bit about the Heavenly Father's perspective on it? And I, got to, I have to go back to the Old Testament again. I have to go back to the way that it was. But back in the Old Testament, God declared himself a people. And they were the people of Israel. They're still the people of Israel today. And they're still God's people today. You know that, right? And God's not done with them. But this is what he said of his people. I want you to give to me, but I don't want you to just bring your gifts to me. I want you to bring the best. They called it the first fruits. I want you to bring the first and the best of the first first to me. I want you to honor me and respect me because I'm, he's worthy of that, right? So I want you to honor me and respect me, and here's how you can do it. Here's how you can show that. Bring me your best, and bring me the first, and the best of the first, and bring it to me first before anything else. Honor me first with everything that you have, but give me the, bring me the best. And you know what the people did? They do what people often do, because we're so broken. They started bringing God the worst of the first. They started bringing him like, because they brought sacrifices to the temple and they were supposed to bring a, a, a lamb that was spotless, no blemishes at all. They would bring the blemished ones. They would bring the, the, the broken and the, the blind and the mangled 
And they would bring those in and they would secretly offer those to God and say, well, here, I'm giving you my best and I'm bringing you the first of my best. But they were bringing him the worst. And God knows that, right? <laughs> it's not like God's going, oh, somebody had to tell God, do you know that the Israelites, they're not, they're not doing right by you on the sacrifices. Oh, really? I didn't know that. No, he, God knows everything. He knows what's in your heart. He knows what's going on. But that's not what God wanted from his people. Instead, he wanted the best, but they weren't giving him the best because they do what people often do. And unfortunately, the people of God were doing what sometimes happens in the church of God. We are now his children, not just his people. We are his children if we are in Christ. And sometimes we don't bring him the best. We come with our worship. We come to him and we offer our songs of praise and we offer our lives to him and on the outward appearance we're giving him everything we have and we're telling him we're giving him everything we have but secretly we're bringing in the imperfect and the weak and the sickly and the leftovers but God's perspective from his people is he still wants the very best from his people he wants us to put him in the first place and like I said earlier, this isn't in just regards to our giving, it's in regards to our very lives in the way that we live with our time and our talents and our efforts and our service of him because he is our father and we are his children. So he wants us to honor him as the great king of kings and the Lord of heaven's armies, the scriptures call him, and you wouldn't bring a mangy, crippled, blemished, polluted gift to a king like that. You would bring the very best that you have. In the Old Testament, they gave to the Lord because they had to. But in our new life in Christ, we do it because we want to. But the amazing thing to me was that the Israelites actually acted that way because when God set up the standard, this is what I want from you. He gave them a promise. And that promise is echoed in the words of Jesus that I read to you earlier when Jesus says, given it will be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, and I'll have it running over into your lap so that you could be generous with everyone with all the overflow. This is what God said to his people, Israel. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. And if you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you and I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test in this. Your crops will be abundant for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of the heaven's armies. And then watch this, because this is what happens when God blesses his people. Then all the nations will call you blessed for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of the heaven's armies. Listen to me, God's plan is that we give ourselves completely to him and we give him the best and we give him the first and the best of the first and we give him that first in every area of our lives. And when we do, God promised his people in the Old Testament, Jesus promised his children in the New Testament, that you just test me and see what I won't do and see if I won't pour out a blessing into your life. And you're like, Phil, aren't you preaching some kind of weird prosperity gospel thing right here? No, I am not. 
I am preaching to you the truth of God and his word because God says, if you will be generous and you will give of your lives, I will pour out such a blessing into you that you won't be able to contain it. It will be pressed down. It will be shaken together and it will run over into your lap. What's the run over for? That's wasteful. No, it's to be run over into the lives of everyone around you so that all the earth is blessed by the people of God. What are we doing right now? We're giving of ourselves and we're serving in different areas of ministry here in our county and all over the area and we're giving of our tithes and our offerings. We're giving our money to the Lord. We're saying, Lord, I'm gonna be generous. I bet, I'll bet some of you have even given and said, I'm not sure how I'm gonna pay for this but I'm gonna give the Lord this and I'm gonna trust him to take care of that because I'm gonna serve the Lord and I'm gonna give faithfully to this and whenever we do that, we're partnering to advance the kingdom which is pouring out the blessing of God in the entire world. We're, we're participating worldwide when we do this kind of thing in our little way. Think about the entire church of God being part of this. We're just, you know, we're just a little tiny drop in the ecumenical, not the ecumenical, I don't want to say that. That was a horrible thing. You guys need to scratch that off of the, you know, go back. Do we have a two-minute delay on this, don't we? No, it is live, okay? Evangelical is the word I'm talking about. We're just a little drop in the evangelical. I'm sorry, John Blodgett is over here dying right now. Did you just say ecumenical? No, I didn't, okay? I stopped myself. In the evangelical bucket, we're just a little drop, all right? There is a great big thing called the church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ, that if we all will participate in the generosity like you are participating in right now, Think about the impact we'll have on the world. That's what God's about. That's his plan. We do all of this so that we can influence and impact our world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. What a blessing. What a great thing to be able to be part of this. We're so, our generosity is driven by our gratitude. This is what Solomon said. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled with overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Paul said in Ephesians 1, he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. And he has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding David said in Psalm 103, he crowns us with love and his tender mercies. And John said in John 1.16, from his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. This is what it is to be part of the plan of God. So let's affirm in our hearts once again that we will continue to walk the path of obedience, that we'll trust in God's promises and prepare to watch him bless us. Bless us personally, bless our families, and as he continues to bless the ministries of First Baptist Church into the future.